Today's gospel is one that evokes great humility for a preacher, almost as much humility as the sound technology. But of course that's true of almost any gospel. But what could I possibly say this morning that would add anything to the Lord's Prayer, which has preached itself through the prayers of billions of people over thousands of years. You all know this prayer. You've prayed it in times of hallowing and in times of temptation. I remember one of my sons telling me that as a very young child, he prayed it over and over when he was scared of the dark. There's worse things to do when we are frightened of the dark. All of us have some kind of relationship with this prayer, and by all of us, I mean all of us all over the world. The Lord's Prayer unites Christians when so much else threatens to divide us. We can pray it in ecumenical gatherings and be pretty much on the same page, save for a stray trespass, sin, or debt. We can pray it in multilingual gatherings, and the cadence is deeply familiar even when the words are in Spanish or Tagalog or Korean. I have found myself in very, at home in very foreign places when I heard, Padre Nuestro que estás en el cielo, santificado sea tu nombre. Do you remember when you first learned the Lord's Prayer? I do, because spoken prayer was not something that we did in my family of origin. So when Miss Gray at Takaloma Tots, the preschool I attended in Los Angeles, patiently taught me this prayer line by line, it was like entering into a strange and mysterious world. And the truth to tell, the Lord's Prayer was and still is an invitation into a strange and mysterious world. It's a world wherein everything begins and ends with the praise of God, which is about as countercultural a stance as someone can hold in a culture of self-promotion. To state the obvious, hallowed be thy name, is a very different sort of tagline than we are the greatest. To know God's name and speak praise of God is perhaps the deepest and oldest longings of human beings. In our ancient scriptural stories, we encounter characters like Jacob asking the God with whom he wrestled for his name, which it bears mentioning he didn't get. He just got a blessing and a broken hip. In similar manner, we encounter Moses pleading for a name so that he, he could tell those who he was leading um, out of Egypt under whose authority he operated. And what he heard from the burning bush was, I am who I am. I will be who I will be. That is the profound otherness and the sovereign freedom of God. The name we hallow is the name we can never fully comprehend. The mysterious world of the Lord's Prayer is also one in which conventional notions of autonomy and authority are upended. 
To pray for God's kingdom to come on earth makes an ethical claim on us. We who pray these words are implicated in the ministry of kingdom making, the labor of welcoming the foreigner and feeding the hungry and freeing the captive. And while the same would have been true in Jesus' time, there was also a deliberately provocative quality to praying for God's kingdom of justice in the midst of Caesar's reign. Under an authoritarian system of human rule, hallowing the Lord's name and petitioning for God's justice were fighting words. Maybe they should be still. In the countercultural world of the Lord's Prayer, we ask God for bread and restored human relationship and protection because we all know that we need them. And also because we know that other conventional ways of getting them through perhaps coercion or consumption or objectification are not how we're called to behave as disciples of Jesus Christ. It is not our job to blame someone else for our hunger, our broken relationships, or our fears. But we can always ask God to feed us and heal us and protect us. There's an interesting tone to the petitions in the Lord's Prayer. The language is insistent, but not whiny or demanding. Give us, forgive us, deliver us. Commentators have called this a prayer that serves to remind God to do God's job. And so Jesus taught his disciples to pray for a restored world which begins with praise, proclaims God's sovereign power, and then reminds both us and God of our respective roles, ours to be honest about our needs, God to equip us and provide for us. And then we return to praise again. Now you may have noticed that the version of the Lord's Prayer we find in the Bible, which appears in both Luke and Matthew, lacks the familiar concluding doxology, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, that we are accustomed to saying in worship. That was likely added in the second century for worshiping contexts much like our own. People praying together in liturgical settings may have left some room for private petitions after the biblical version of the Lord's Prayer, but wanted to close in common words of, hmm, hallowing God, words of praise. The Lord's Prayer is the model that God, Jesus gave us, but of course it's not the only way to pray. Abraham's protracted negotiation over the fate of Sodom and Gomorrah was a kind of prayer, and goodness knows we've all prayed some variation on that theme. Lord, if you'd just please get me through this exam or this project or this day, Lord, if you'd just keep my children safe, Lord, quiet the tempest of storm and fire, and do not let one more child be taken from their parents. These are the kind of prayers that require patience and perseverance. But God's answer is worth the wait. What Abraham learned through his repeated petitions was that God was more powerful than he negotiated for or asked for at the outset. 
which is generally what we learn when we start praying in earnest. The Bible also teaches us prayers of lament, prayers of gratitude, prayers too deep for words. When we borrow the prayers of our forebears in faith, the Lord's Prayer, biblical prayers, prayers from our own Book of Common Prayer, they shape our imagination in holy ways. It's as if we were picking up the tools of a master carpenter who bequeathed them to us in order that we may learn an ancient craft. <laughs> but sometimes the job of prayer is even simpler than that. Sometimes we're not so much building holy houses of interior prayer as we are looking for the closest shelter in a storm. And that's when we might do well to remember the words of 13th century mystic Meister Eckhart, who said that help and thank you were sufficient prayers. Sufficient because they are truthful whether we're prayer warriors or prayer beginners or people who've wandered far from our native language of prayer. It's never a bad thing to begin anew by telling God the truth. I'm hungry, I'm hurting, I'm scared. We can dress these truths up with Jesus' words and say, give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forg ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us and do not bring us to the time of trial. Or we can just cry it from the depths of our souls and know that Jesus set, us, set it before us and hears us when we say it now. Come to this table begins the invitation to Holy Communion in the Iona rite, but I think it serves equally well as an invitation to prayer. It continues, you who have much faith and you who would like to have more, you who have been here often and you who have not been for a while, you who have tried to follow Jesus and you who have failed, come. It is Christ who invites us to meet him here. Let us pray. Let us pray indeed. Let us persist in prayer in asking, searching, knocking for the things we need, yes, but also even more fundamentally for the loving relationship with the living God that is strong enough to sustain us through the hunger, the alienation, the pain and fear that are inevitable to our human condition. You know, I think today's gospel contains what may be the most important prayer any of us will ever pray, and it's not even the Lord's Prayer. It is the simple, honest, visceral petition of people longing for intimacy with God. Remember how the Gospel began? That Jesus was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, what any of us can say to God any time. Lord, teach us to pray. Amen.